a month ago, we were discussing the Cleveland Guardians winning the MLB draft lottery. So in honor of that, we're going to talk draft. I'm going to give you under the radar power hitters because we know all of you want power and Cleveland was severely lacking in that area. We're also going to get into some old friend alerts and a little bit of news and see how it can all tie into your Cleveland Guardians on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. We're glad to have them back. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. Check out Game Time today uh justin is out sick that is why originally the plan was to record yesterday we gave him another day he's still not feeling up to it uh we hope he'll be back in the chair soon so if you were jump again expecting to hear us talk about pitching prospects and minors i don't want to do that without justin uh what i i see you know when life makes you lemons you make lemonade uh i do have a co-host and that would be vanilla bean the cat she will be joining me apparently uh but yeah we're gonna talk draft because that's what i used to do uh, for those who don't know me, every once in a while we reset this. I'm Jeff Ellis. I used to write for Indians Baseball Insider back in the day and then became, well, it was Prospect Insider to Baseball Insider to Guardians uh, to GBI, Guardians Baseball Insider. And uh, in between that, I wrote at Scout 24-7 as a lead draft and prospect analyst. I had to replace Kylie McDan... Mc, had to replace Kylie, uh, who many of you know is the ESPN draft person now. is big shoes to fill. Um, so many great people in that community. We'll have some of them on. Do you want to take a moment and say, uh, if you missed it, former podcast guest, you can go and dig it out, Brian Sikowski. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to have him on anymore because he just took on a job, a big-time job at Duke in their analytical department for Duke baseball. Uh, Brian did it as well as anyone. We had a really fun conversation. Uh, Brian, for a fun fact, used to work at Perfect Game. Like I said, now he's going to work at Duke. Great dude. Uh, for my money, was the best in the industry of, of writing and scouting. He's the only person I've had to go back in and edit out swear words for. Uh, I love Brian, though. I wish him the best of luck as I you know, DM'd him. I am sad he got the job. I'm going to miss reading his work, but it is a great hire by Duke. So you can go check out Brian, talk about prospects and everything else. And he is one of those people. If you go back, that was you know a COVID podcast. That's before I was doing video. Just me and Brian having a... We had... I think it was like an hour long podcast back. We'd have some of those longer ones. I might've split it up over two days then. And then we talked for like three hours after we got done recording, but he is some, one of those people who back when Logan Allen was drafted and everyone was talking about, you know, Carson Tucker or Tanner Burns. He's like, Logan Allen is the top guy in this class. And you know, when people were saying Logan Allen couldn't, could only be a reliever. You had Brian, Brian and Carlos were the people I remember having on the show who sat down and talked about that. And you know, it just, again, goes to show the the knowledge of people like that. Uh, but yeah, go check out uh, Brian's episode. It's it, I put his name in the title, I'm sure. Uh, it was probably like 2020 or 2021. If you want to go, especially if you're a Duke fan, maybe owe that to yourself to find out uh, about one of the people who's uh, now in a big position there. So we do have some minor news, some old friend alerts. Uh, you know, the maybe this expression is is played out and I am old, but you need to find someone in life to love you as much as the Padres love former Guardians. I think Oscar Mercado, Mercado and Kevin Ploiecki on minor league deals. 
I, you know, I don't hate either of those. Mercado had some points last year where he showed, you know, that those high levels that we saw that, you know, he's an incredibly streaky player. And then Ploiecki is a nice depth catcher. So those are not the worst deals. And then short time, 40 man player, uh, Andrew Velasquez, who, or no, so this is Andrew Vasquez. So never mind. This is the pitcher. I thought it was the uh, the shortstop who seems to bounce around forever. So ignore that one. <laughs> the big one is the Padres keep adding. And then just in terms of, you know, we've seen so little movement around the league. I know I want to thank, take a moment, thank all of our everydayers. Saw Bruce jumping in with, with some comments recently. You know, seeing John, seeing David, people like that that are in there every day. Uh, we know this is the time where people slip off a of baseball a little because nothing is happening anywhere so it was nice to see harrison bader sign today one of those guys who is a consistent top 50 guy uh one year 10 million he's had his ups and downs um better hitter overall than miles straw but you're looking at that like defensive level of straw with slightly more offense hurt most of last year and 10 million dollars uh what's interesting is the mets doing that they have you know brandon nimone left their right fielder is going to be we think Starling Marte, we assume Bader in center field. They might actually, uh, well, Bader will be in center field. One has to wonder, they traded for Tyrone Taylor, who was arguably the Brewers' best power hitter in the second half a year ago. I think he's going to play every day. David Stearns knows him. I don't think he traded for him not that. So they've had a two outfielders. Starling Marte was terrible a year ago. I'll just throw this out there. I, I'm terrible at trades. But is there like a weird world where the Guardians trade Beaver? and straw and get like Marte and Mark Venitos pair of right-handed bats. And the Mets pick up the monetary difference in salaries over the next two years. Um, because Marte is owed basically 21 million in the next two years. So Cleveland gets out from the last year of straw and the Mets give up, you know, Venitos and Batty are the same dude. Uh, I, I like Batty more, but I think so does most of baseball, but he's also left-handed. So right-handed power hitter. Hey, Bruce, I'm doing my best by you here. Uh, I don't know if it works. I don't know if it's enough, but it was just, I was looking at this, like, uh, you know, I kind of like DJ Stewart out of Florida State. He did a nice job for them in the DH role down the stretch. They'll give him a, a longer look, but all of a sudden they got more outfielders they know what to do with in New York. Uh, they talked about they're willing to flip Omar Narvez, kind of like they did with James McCann, where they essentially paid most of McCann's contract and uh, traded him off. Like, if they're willing to do something similar, like they have money. Uh, if this is a team that right now, you know, Cody Singai, Jose Quintana, Luis Severino, Adrian Hauser, who they, you know, they basically salary ate his contract uh, to get Tyrone Taylor and then Tyler McGill. So, yeah, they're they're in a weird spot. Uh, I don't think David Peterson's going to pitch next year after his hip surgery. I could be wrong. They're they're in a, a weird situation. I don't know what a trade would look like. No, he's the best at figuring those out, but I think it is an interesting team to look at and see, like they have a lot of outfielders all of a sudden, you know, at 20, 20, 20 million, dollars You're not going to have Marte on the bench, but right now Taylor is going to be in right field. That's not Marte's spot. If you're Cleveland, you gamble. This was one bad year, or do you look at it as this is a dude who just turned 35 this is the decline. You know, last year there were health struggles as well. So balancing act. Uh, I don't love the trade, but I was just looking at the news and being like, okay, we've had one signing of note over the last few days. Could this affect Cleveland in any way, shape or form? And it does in the fact that there's a lot of outfielders there, um, you know, trying to see a way to help Cleveland. 
balance things out. Now, I, I don't love anything I said, and I probably wouldn't do it myself. But uh, make sure to comment below thoughts. Maybe put together your own trade that could make sense um, with the Mets as a way to, uh, you know, this is the one team that can eat contracts like no other. Uh, I don't really have a good transition for eat contracts like no other, but I've got some really interesting draft prospects. We got a player who transferred out of his first uh, stop and performed huge. A guy who might break some of his dad's records. And then an Ohio kid to talk about. None of them have first round chatter. All of them put up some big numbers a year ago. We're going to get into why these are draft prospects to know on the one month anniversary of Cleveland winning the draft lottery. We're going to run that into the ground this year. Uh, I'm still excited. I hope you are. We'll be back in a moment. So you can learn about really some players that I quite enjoyed doing some research on today. We love our fantastic sponsors. They're what allow our show to go on. Like the sponsors are a huge part of the Lockdown Network. And the sponsor I want to talk about is one that has come back to us. And that we're happy about that. And that is Game Time. Uh, Justin's talked about using them. And Game Time is, you know, they let you see your seat, which is incredibly valuable. We've all gone to concerts and had a terrible seat, had a point where you're like, oh, man. And they allow you to see where you're going to see it set ahead of time. Uh, they have deals right up until the minute or even the hour that the games start. So you have that ability. They have flash deals, sponsor deals. And with zone deals, you can pick the section and game time picks the seat for big savings. So you can just be like, okay, I want to sit in this section. You pick the seat. I'm going to save even more money. Uh, and they also have the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the breast best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for last game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference that's right 110 percent of the difference so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account use the code locked on for 20 dollars off your per first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n no space for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed And let's talk draft. Uh, as I've stated before, I think you all know that I have a draft problem. Uh, I blame it um, for being in my early 40s and being a Cleveland sports fan. It was a lot of years where there was not much other, other than the draft. And I can distinctly remember uh, after I got out of college, a uh, graduate from Ohio State, I was working for the Delaware County Juvenile Court System as part of an after-school program. And... <laughs> being in a computer lab uh, under a place called the Andrews house. I should look and see if that still exists. And the kids were playing games and it was like the first week of school and no one had homework. So it was just kind of like hang out, play games, surf the internet when not everyone had internet. Uh, and I remember, no, this was after the school year had ended. That's right. Cause it was the June draft. So it was at the end of my first year and I put on the draft. I didn't know any college baseball players. I, and back then it was just, it was just an audio feed. And I sat there and listened and I, I didn't know anything, but like, that's, that's the person I was where I was willing to, this must've been like 2005. Cause it would have been after I graduated, just sitting there listening to day two of the draft, probably not knowing a single day, no idea what's going on, but Hey, drafts are drafts. Now I'm going to start this list by explaining. I decided just to look at home run hitters. I wish NCAA baseball, they have some great stats there. I wish like, like if anyone out there knows the guy at perfect game, not perfect game at baseball cube, 
I would love if he took all of his data and made it so, hey, guess what? Here's all college hitters by ISO. I would love to be able to do that. Here's all college hitters by BAPIP. Let's see who's got the best contact rates. You know, here it is by, you know, because NCAA does have some great things like hardest guys to strike out and stuff like that. But it is more the traditional stats. So we're kind of left with, you know, you have to do a lot of digging, which is fine, but it'd be nice if you didn't have to do as much. So I looked at the home run list and I kind of eliminated players who were either drafted or older or smaller school competition. You know, you see a lot of guys in here from Libscombe, uh, where our very own, why am I blanking on um, the outfielder from two years ago who's super fast? Um, we'll come to me. I'm not going to sit here and waste time on the show. Someone is yelling at their, their, uh, playing device because I'm blanking on a guy something. Ah, oh, that's gonna hurt. But you know the fact that there's multiple guys from that I'm on here makes me wonder. Hey, is this a case of very positive park or you know? Uh, so in this case, I was looking for players, and the first player in terms of so Jack Caglione last year number one in the country, two Brock Wilkin taken by the Brewers in the first round, Cam Fisher Astros on day three, four Shane Lewis from Troy smaller school. Uh, five is Gavin Cash. He was tied with Nick LaRusso, who we talked about from Maryland. And Gavin Cash is a sophomore who I want to, I want to go through. He was, he went to Texas, barely played his first year at Texas. He got 23 at bats, transferred to Texas tech and had himself a year last year. But it's interesting. He couldn't get time at Texas because he's a six foot four, 215 pound left-handed bat. Sorry, everyone first baseman, you know, but going through his, perfect game data from high school this is amazing his max barrel speed 99.14 percentile his impact momentum 99.09 percentile max acceleration this is where he's weak and 98.65 percentile uh though his weakest was his exit velocity at 95.89 percentile uh, you know this is all stuff that shows this guy hits the ball hard uh hits the ball well uh you know not the fastest guy but he is, you know, a power hitter and a big kid with a big frame. Looking over at the, you know, his data, it's he uses a pull side while he, like I said, he was fifth in the nation of home runs, and you know he his he did all of that damage with a strikeout rate, strikeout percentage, I should say, at eighteen percent. That's that's really good. Uh, there are not a lot of guys who hit that many home runs with a strikeout percentage under twenty. Uh, his walk percentage was at 11, you know, solid, uh, 26 home runs, 12 doubles, three triples. He hit uh three night. No, I'm sorry. He hit three twenty-seven with three ninety-seven on base. He is big. He is strong. He hit the ball hard. And Texas tech has had some recent, you know, the young brothers standing out in terms of players who have gotten to the big leagues. Um, well, the younger one hasn't gotten there yet, but he will soon, but it was a solid program. They were able to get a fantastic transfer who, killed baseballs a year ago and Gavin cash right now is not someone who I saw his name came up in a lot of places. He's widely kind of a day two guy. If he has another big year, like, you know, you want guys who pull the ball. You want guys with power. You want guys with a good eye at the plate. He's got all of this. Why isn't he higher plays in a good program? Uh, it's because he's a first baseman and everything we said about Nick, but I guess Justin isn't here. So I really like Nick Kurtz. Like I said, for me right now, it's Bazana, probably saying his name wrong. Sorry about pronunciation. Kurtz, Weatherholt, 
Honeycutt. Like those top four, maybe Seaver King ahead of Honeycutt. Like that's the top five is really fun in this class. And a lot of people get hung up that it's not as good as a year ago. A year ago, those top three would have been the number one overall pick like the last four years. Um, I like this class better than the 2021 college class right now on paper. And I like it better than the 2020 college class on paper, but I was not huge on Torkelson then. The one thing when you look at like a Weatherholt or a, a Bandana um, or, you know, a, a King or a Honeycutt is first basemen are risky. And there's guys like Gavin Cash you could get in the third or fourth round who could end up being something special. So that's the first player I want to talk about on the show. Uh, he is maybe the least story-wise interesting, but maybe in terms of profile, the one I was most intrigued, well, no, second most intrigued, but I'm going to save the most intriguing one for last because there's a lot to unpack there. The next player I have to talk about is Hunter Hines. And we were lucky enough that he, um, you know, he made the 11.7 big board at the start of the year. And none of these other guys did. And he was actually almost a first round grade for them on here. And we're lucky with that because that means we get advanced data. And the thing with Hines is his dad was a, he, he didn't necessarily rewrite the record book, but he owns a lot of, a lot of the records at Mississippi state. That's where Hunter Hines plays. He is another first base only type. I want to make sure uh, Richie Hines, his dad still holds the program record in runs, career home runs, career RBIs, total bases and walks. Uh, Hunter has a chance to pass his dad this year, but his dad was a, you know, Mississippi state legend. So he had to, he's, he's had a lot to live up to. And all he's done is since day one, be a starter and be productive as a freshman. He had 16 home runs, 300, 393 uh 600 slug next year follows it up with 22 home runs hits 297 375 683 slug and if you're curious in the home run ranks he was let's see i move my thing off the page here uh hunter hines was tied for 23rd in the nation uh, ahead of chase davis who went in the first round a year ago and wyatt langford who you know we've talked about many times on this show uh with 20, as I say before, 22 home runs. So he's a, a player who's hit for a ton of power, uh, has a ton of power, has that bloodlines of his dad being a very high level performer as well. And you're, you're betting on power. There's a lot more swing and miss to his game. But the other nice thing here is, you know, I like Texas Tech and I like that program, but the SEC really is just another level uh, in terms of what you're going to face and what you're going to see. And Hines is performing as a freshman, as a sophomore at the highest level. Now, as a freshman, he had a near 12% walk rate and a 20, 23.7% strikeout rate. I don't know if the, uh, as a sophomore, his walk rate dropped almost two percentage down to 9.91 and his strikeout rose to 27.59. So he was selling out a little more for power, but the power is there. He does have a lot of swing and miss and chase in his overall game. And that is also you know, a concern. He is 6'3", 209, uh, you know, lifts listed some places, a third baseman, first baseman. Most people think first base is where he's going to end up. Another left-handed bat. And let's see, I just want to computer over here is being slow. Give you that advanced data on Hunter Hines. Cause this is the, his in the zone contact 72.2, 
fine. His chase at 29.7, not ideal. 90th exit velocity, 106.4. That is big. This is 70 grade power. Um, his launch angle, uh, 22.5. Good. Barrel, 24.8. Solid. It just comes down to, you know, he he's a big power first baseman with swing and miss issues. He's done well against quality competition, good bloodlines, big time power, big kid. Probably more of a second or third round player. But, you know, again, if we're just looking for hitters who have interesting power profiles who we haven't discussed on the show, who don't get as much run, but maybe some guys to pay attention to. Uh, Hunter Hines, it's a fantastic story. A chance to break his dad's records while doing it at one of, let's face it, one of the biggest baseball colleges around. Mississippi State has a history that's just about as good as anyone. You know, both those, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, those are just deep programs historically. Uh, and that rivalry helps make it even better. And Hines has a chance to rewrite record books at that program. He has a chance to, like I said, break those records of his dad. Uh, he's a player to watch. And if you're looking for power, uh, he does have to show that there's he's made some improvements in pitch recognition. Right now, I'm sorry, this board has him 86, not the 30s, 86. So that's more like a, um, you know, probably a, a day or third or fourth round guy. But uh, I like Gavin Cash a little bit more, just looking at the basis of profiles um, and having a little bit of data on both. But I think they're both interesting. And again, that's kind of the point. This is a weirdly good class for college first baseman. Uh, it is a risky demographic, but it's an interesting one. And for a team that is lacking power, these are the two down the board first baseman to consider, to look at, scout out. Next player I'm going to bring up when we come back from the break is actually a center fielder from Ohio. So this is someone, if you're you know, an Ohio uh, resident, you can maybe check out. I'm going to try to see him this year, honestly. I've got, I've got the ability to uh, see when this player comes to town. So join us so I can discuss this local player in a moment on Lockdown Guardians. And our next fantastic sponsor are the good folks over at FanDuel. You know them. You love them. There's a reason why FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of everyone right this is an established company the nfl regular season is wrapping up but there's still time to get in the action with FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet it's 150 bucks in bonus bets win lose or draw the app is so easy to use there are many so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays find bets in the new explore tab make a parlay in the parlay hub the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a home run. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Pardon for the weird pausing there. When you're doing these solo shows, you got to stop and rehydrate. So uh took a moment, pause it up, because I want to be at full strength to talk about Andrew Patrick, because this is an interesting player. From Wright State. And Wright State has become a, you know, an Ohio powerhouse. Kent State used to be the top college program in the state in terms of production uh, of, of players to the pros. And, you know, I loved my time at Kent. Tonto Tacos. I miss going and getting a sweet potato uh, uh, burrito. Uh, every time I'd go to a game, uh, watch from the stands. They're great fans. The Ball State games were some of the most tense environments I've ever been at a sporting event uh, and bear witness to between fan bases. 
but of late it's been right state. And I thought it was interesting. The coach there was talking about Andrew uh, Patrick is one of the bigger recruits they've ever gotten. And, you know, a perfect game. He was a guy who was rated the 16th best prospect in the state. Like I, I feel like, you know, someone like Sean Murphy was a, was a higher rated prospect back in the day, but maybe it's just in his five years. But Patrick was the other interesting thing is perfect games right up on him is more as a pitcher than anything else uh, that he was, you know, a long leaned athletic, you know, right-handed pitcher. And they, they do their whole block right up on him. And it is all about his pitching data and all of his outside of, you know, his 10 yard splits, which by the way, 99th percentile on a 60 yard run, uh, six, five, one, that's, that's fast. Uh, and his split was, was very strong as well. His exit velocity, not great though. And you, max acceleration, 26th percentile impact momentum, 62nd, uh, max barrel speed, 54th. Uh, exit velocity 51st. You're like, wait, this is a guy you're talking about for a power hitter. It's a guy who never hit more than three home runs in any uh, high school season. And this past year, uh, he hit 20 home runs and that tied him for, I believe he's in this, was he in the last? Yeah, he's in the last grouping for 43rd in the nation uh, in home runs. And you know, I read a lot on him and he, he got a chance to start as a freshman and he played in 55 games. That's 173 at bats. And he was fine. 266, 369, 46 for an 854. Uh, but he didn't love how he played. And if you get a chance to go read articles on him, there's not a lot of great shots, but they talk about him, you know, changing his diet and uh, changing his approach and being a workout warrior. And that's the thing I was really trying to see. He looks like a strong dude. He looks like a guy who has spent that time in the weight room, has packed on muscle. And I think you're seeing that in his overall play. He was someone with plus speed. He stole 25 out of 27 attempts. He's playing center field. And he hit those 20 home runs. And this is a kid who was bigger. He was a two-way guy um, you know, in high school. And this past year, it was very limited time in the Cape. So I'm not going to take too much from a rough Cape this past year when it's all of 24 at bats, but six foot four, 195, right-handed throws, right. So there you go. Some right-handed power. Just going to make sure that baseball reference didn't have sometimes baseball reference and baseball cube have uh, slightly different data sets, but you know, here he is. Um, he's going to turn 21 soon and is a big kid plus speed, hit the ball incredibly hard. Looks like he's added a lot of muscle. His arms looked like, you know, not someone who's maxed out by any means, but you can tell this is someone who's putting in the time to get better, to improve. Wright State has been productive. Peyton Burdick, Sean Murphy uh, come to mind as some recent hitters who have been, I really liked uh, Seth Gray. I haven't checked in to see how that's gone with the Twins, but they always have a few guys drafted every year for a reason. It's a good program. He's the next guy up. Uh, he was a uh, a local, depending where you are, played at, um, man, I closed it out, uh, Hilliard Darby. So if you're from that area, you know, he was known as a contact hitter with good wheels. And now he set the right state record for home runs in a single season. Uh, it used to be 16 and he hit 20 this year. So, and I've, I've been to that park. That is a deep park. That is not an easy place to hit for power, fast speed, you know, uh, sorry, he's listed. He's up to six, five now. 192. And like I said, they call him a, a weight room warrior. It looks like that in the clips I saw. So big, strong, getting stronger, chance to add more, 
runs well, hits for power. I, I like him. I didn't see him listed anywhere, but you want to bet on a same reason. Like a few years ago, I love Tyler black uh, who another Brewers guy, another Wright state guy who went, I think in the comp a round. Uh, Cause there was a lot of signs that there was more for that kid to grow. And he was just starting to get to the end of the iceberg coming from a good, but small program. That's what I'm seeing with Andrew Patrick right now. And that's what makes him a guy. I kind of want to sit back and watch and see what he can do. Is there a chance for a plus power, plus speed, right-handed profile from a kid from the Columbus area? Played at Wright State? I mean, maybe. I'll, I'll be checking him out more. I got to see when they come to town. Uh, it, it's a bit of a hike for me now to get down to where UWM plays, but I'm going to I'm gonna go check out uh, Andrew Patrick. Maybe I'll take some video when I'm there if you would like me to post those, if I get the chance to do that. If they do come to town this year, let me know in the comments below. Uh, he's just interesting. I love these smaller school radar, under-the-radar guys who – there, are, there just isn't as much on. There's not as much chatter, and it is such a good program. There's good physical tools. There's been steady production. There's strong work ethic, it looks like. All the reasons you want to bet on a player like that and why he's someone that just kind of saying, hey, keep your eye on him locally. I uh, didn't get a chance to very quickly. MLB announced eight college teams set for the 24 um, Desert Invitational. That's going to be in February. One of those teams is Ohio State, who Gavin Brunny and Trey Lintz Libscom are both potential day two prospects from there. It's going to be February 6th through the 19th. And I bring that up because it's going to be on uh, MLB network. So a chance to check out some players. Kansas state has probably the best two guys in uh, Kalen Culpepper, a shortstop and Tyson neighbors, who's the best, um, best reliever in this class. Um, Cal's got some interesting guys. Um, I believe that is where like the best defender in the class currently resides as well as an interesting catcher. And they also have Rodney green. So Ohio state, Kansas state and Cal are definitely some teams I would check out. But in general, you've got uh, Boston college, BYU, Georgetown, grand Canyon uh, and university of Southern California. So that is something else fun and additional to keep on your radar. I'm sure we'll be watching and covering that just like we'll have everything else covered. Uh, make sure say some nice things. We all miss Justin below. Thank you for dealing with me as I muddle through a podcast by myself. Sometimes hard to get into doing all the bits. Justin does so much behind the scenes, but so do you, all of our everydayers. I want to thank you for being an everyday, joining, commenting, talking, being part of the team, the Lockdown Guardians family. Appreciate all of you. And you got to end this the way we always do. Remember to rate and review, download it helps. It's been a long time since we had an iTunes review. Someone, please go help us there. Make sure you follow and go, go. Guardians, go.